0: What's up, everyone? This is episode 220 of the Wax Museum Podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards, from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle, and as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Podcast, and my Twitter is at WaxMuseumPC. Alright, guys, I've got a hodgepodge of topics and segments that I'm excited to share with you today, and I want to start things off by asking... Did you guys see the trailer Panini put out for the most recent Flawless release? If you haven't, it more or less showed the construction of a Luka Doncic Logoman auto from start to finish, including footage of him signing the card, which you know would have been really useful three or four years ago. Either way, though, I was geeking out when I saw that. And yes, I know the product is way late. And yes, I know the pricing is ridiculous. But I love seeing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff and I want to give Panini credit when they give us this kind of access because this is what some of us have been asking for. So I wanted to make sure to give them a real quick shout out here today for that. wanted to start off with that. If you haven't seen it, you should still be able to find it on their social media. Speaking of social media, you might have seen some of my tweets about Tuesday night's draft lottery. And that's the equivalent of my team's playoffs since they didn't make it. I thought about recording this intro at the last minute just in case something crazy happened with the Pacers, but uh, I'm getting sick, I'm losing my voice, and I knew better than that. And and you know what? They did not get the number one pick, right? I'm, I'm going to assume that. That is, if you're hearing this version of the intro, that's what happened. And chances are, your team didn't get the number one pick either. But at least all of us NBA fans in general are going to have plenty to talk about leading up to the draft nonetheless, Um, You might have seen Victor Wimbenyama on social media this week, signing cards for Tops and Fanatics, which I thought was great. I'm sure there'll be plenty of Wimby talk on this show over the course of the summer. Now, the hobby side of this draft, and Wimbenyama, of course, really intrigues me because we've got a guy whose hype is probably somewhere between Zion and LeBron, but at the same time, the hobby landscape is entirely different now than it was when either of those guys came out. And... That's saying a lot, seeing as Zion was only four short years ago. Um, As you guys know, the card market has since experienced the biggest up-and-down movement we've seen in decades. Then we've got NIL contracts. We've got new sets popping up from smaller companies like Wildcard and Leaf. And then, of course, we're still headed towards a major licensing change here in a couple years. And that's just the major stuff. The situation's a lot more nuanced than that. So, as you'll see in today's mail segment, though... I've taken advantage of some of these new opportunities with these other companies. I think they make some great binder cards, which segues well into the next portion of today's show, because as I've said before, I'm still trying to figure out my binder configurations, and I'm always learning from other people. So in this case, I thought, why don't I just ask other people how they've done it? I played a pair of submissions for you a couple weeks ago. I got another two in my mailbox this week. And I'm going to go ahead and share those with you right now.
1: Hello everyone, this is Alex, more commonly known as Connell Collection on Instagram. Uh, when Kyle asked me to do a binder segment, I was happy to accept that because I'm a big advocate for binders and they've been a major part of the entirety of my collecting life. The telltale sign of a true collector to me is somebody who has a library of binders in their card room if they have one. I don't think it's a coincidence that my closest friends in the hobby have binders. As a young kid, I can vividly remember bringing my best cards binder to my friend's house to make trades. My brothers and I would debate if players like Vin Baker and Keith Van Horn belonged in what we called our Awesome Players Binders. Fast forward to today, binders are as pivotal to my collection as ever. There are two major uses for binders in my collection. The first use for me is collecting my sets. I'm a massive set collector and there are several sets that can be found in my card room. The thing is, there's really no rhyme or reason to the sets that I build in my binders. They're simply just sets that I connect with for some reason. 2009 Studio, 1999 UD Retro, which is what my incredible set is from. 1970 tops, not the easiest thing to put in a binder, but I found the pages for it. And most ambitious of all would be the 2013 Pinnacle Autographs 200 card set that I'm working on. There's nothing I love more than completing a set because of the journey of it all and how patient you have to be to put everything together. The second reason I use my binder so much is because of a friend of the show known as Sholee. His name is not S. Howley, it's Sholee. When he started sharing his Paul Pierce binders online, the thought of player PC binders is something I really connected with. Building binders chronologically for a player's career is something I love to do now. My Michael Jordan binder, for example, starts with the 80s Fleer cards and goes all the way through to his days with the Wizards. The Glenn Rice binder starts with the Eraser Top haircut rookie cards and goes all the way to his final year where he played 20 games or so with the LA Clippers. I love LeBron. I love Dwayne Wade. I also have a Kobe Bryant binder. Those are just a few of the ones I have. It's a very special way to commemorate players that mean a lot to me, and I strongly suggest looking into that if you are interested. Another nice little bonus is if you have 300 Kobe cards that need to go from top loaders to binders, 300 free top loaders just became more available for you to use with other stuff. That's it. hope it wasn't too long. Binders are a huge part of my life, and the next step is to create a shelving system for the 30-plus that aren't in the best spots. Thank you to Kyle for having me on
2: for this segment, and let's go Pacers! Hello, this is Josh, aka Mitten State Collector, all one word on Instagram, here to tell you about uh, my binders uh, that I use in collecting. Um, the prefix for binder is by, meaning two, and I have two binders. The first is a one inch uh, three ring binder with the, uh, Three by three plastic sheets uh, that clip in. I use this for my Ben Wallace Bowman and Tops flagship um, master set. It's arranged chronologically with Ben's first appearance on a Tops card in 1999 2000, all the way through his last appearance in 2009 10. I have the cards arranged uh, Bowman paper, Bowman chrome, Tops paper, Tops chrome, and within each of those set releases, I have them arranged from most common to least common. My second binder is a modern Z-folio Trapper Keeper style uh, that has 12 cards on each side of a sheet with the little pockets that show off the front of the cards only. I use this for my uh, other Ben Wallace cards, my other Pistons cards, and any 90s or 2000s. Uh, inserts or parallels I find interesting from a design standpoint. Um, I think it really allows uh, me to flip through and see the design of the cards uh, much more easily than the uh, traditional three by three uh, sheets. And for my bend binder, where I want to be able to see both the front and back of the cards, I find that that more nostalgic feel fits uh, that project much more appropriately. I hope that this is helpful, and I hope that you take the time to show me some of your favorite cards stored in your binders.
0: Okay, on to the mail, and I've had a handful of items pile up here recently. I've tried to keep up with those on my YouTube channel. I'm not going to talk about all of them here, but I do have a few items I'm going to share today. The first card I want to talk about is a Benedict Mathern autograph from the new Leaf Vivid product. And it's from a set called Inside Painting. And it's the blue parallel number to 30. Believe it or not, that's my first certified Matherin auto. And I talked earlier this season about the challenges that come with collecting a rookie in the current hobby climate. And I'm a memorabilia guy. So until one of the bigger sets like Eminence or Flawless come out, my only option is the unworn stuff. And I'm not touching that. So I've had to branch out a little bit and explore some of the other avenues for ultra-modern rookies. Uh, And I still don't have a lot of Matherin stuff. I'm trying to take my time and wait for stuff that I really like. And Leaf seems to have struck a deal with Ben early on because they featured him in all their basketball releases. And I think he's even made the sell sheet for something that's coming soon, maybe Trinity. I don't remember if that's exactly what it's called, but it looks like a Leaf Trinity-like product. Um, And then additionally, he was part of the Anime Nation print-to-order set that I talked about buying a couple weeks ago. But because you've got Leaf and Panini producing Mathron autographs. There's plenty of them out there, and, and prices are dropping. Now obviously, Leaf doesn't have an NBA license, so that factors in too. Those should be cheaper because all the logos are Photoshopped out. Uh, in addition, their sticker autos, which most people aren't a big fan of. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of them, but uh, I feel like this Vivid card does a great job of disguising both the Photoshop and the sticker. So, once I found a color match, I, I knew it would be a great candidate for my first Mathern auto. Um, and now that it's this late in the season, it cost me $22. On top of that, a few days later, I picked up a second one from a different Leaf set. I don't even remember. I think it was called Burst, but that was in the $20 range. So that's not all that bad when you consider that the Hoops autos at the start of the season, you know, a lot of times with crooked stickers, we're selling for over a hundred bucks. So I'll take it. And those are probably going to end up in a binder. Now, the next card I purchased, though, will not go in a binder because it's a memorabilia card, and I have a strict no relic policy for my binders. I know everyone's different. I'm not going to do it. I won't put them in there. Uh, But this card was a 2014-2015 Panini Gala double feature prime relic of Kevin McHale and Reggie Lewis, number 13 of 25. And it's funny because I had a nicer immaculate patch of Reggie Lewis that I sold to Showley not too long ago, and then I started piecing together a big Reggie Lewis relic project, uh, like a video that I'm going to make. It hasn't been released yet, but it got me itching to get some more Reggie Lewis relics of my own, in addition to the flawless patch that I already have. um, I tell you what, these patch projects that I've been piecing together, they've been dangerous in the sense that they convinced me to go out. And spend more money, but you know what? I enjoy it. So it is what it is. Uh, Anyway, this one showed up on my Instagram stories. The price was decent. I like that the foil's green as well because it goes with the Celtics theme of the card. Now, the Reggie Lewis piece is just a piece of trim, but as I mentioned earlier, I'm working on that project. So it's nice to see some of those pieces in person. And hopefully, I'll be able to show you what jersey it comes from later on. Uh, In the meantime, I will get a picture of that up. On my social media for you all right the final piece of mail I want to talk about is a 2013-2014 flawless patch of Paul George number 12 out of 15 and it looks like the top of the letters GE from his nameplate which could either be at the start or the end of the name I'm not 100% sure and this card was listed on eBay earlier this year with a bunch of other Paul George stuff including the one-on-one hickory jumbo tag that I eventually won uh, well, you know, I wanted this one too, but I quickly realized I had to shift all my focus to the 1-1 tag and prioritize that instead, and and let's just be real here, I was too scared to put two mega bids on cards at the same time, so, you know, you go down that route and before you know it, you've overextended yourself, so I didn't want to put myself there. Uh, as it turned out, though, the flawless patch ended lower than I expected, uh, but like I said, I had to let it go, someone else got it. Lo and behold, a couple months later, the same card shows up on Com C, you know, albeit marked up, right, because it's somebody that had just bought it, so this time around, I was in a better position to buy it. Yes, I paid a little bit of a premium, but in the end, I guess it all worked out, and sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. You know, in this case, it did, Um, and I know I keep hinting at this, but eventually, you're going to get a top 10 Paul George card segment, and probably at some point this summer, if everything falls into place. All right, before I move into today's main segment, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you in part by comc.com. Are you tired of spending hours listing cards for sale? Yes, I will say I am. Yes. Uh, The ComC consignment marketplace is the easiest place to sell cards online. ComC will identify, scan, list, store, insure, package, and ship. All those things, right? And I hate doing all those things. So this is why I like ComC. So just send them your sports cards. Trading cards and collectibles, and they'll take care of the rest. All you do is set the price. Visit Comcy.com today to start selling your cards. Additionally, some of you have asked me for ways you can help support this show. The easiest way is my eBay affiliate link. And using this link costs you absolutely nothing. Just an extra 30 seconds or so of your time. But it helps support the show. To access this link, simply go to WaxMuseumPodcast.com. Click the eBay logo, shop as planned, so whatever you're going to buy anyway, just click my link first, and the show gets a small commission in the process. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. Hustle. Grind. Spam. Profit. We're the Rip Gods. You're listening to the Wax Museum Podcast. Okay, so as some of you probably saw on my YouTube channel already, I bought a really hideous-looking card this weekend at a card show. Let me go a step further here. I spent $100 on a really hideous-looking card at a card show this past weekend, a 2021 Jersey Fusion Logo Man 101 of Allen Iverson. And I posted this on social media, fully knowing the type of response it would get. And I'm going to humor you here real quick by reading a few of those off. One person wrote, I'm sorry, I hate all these. They look like bad craft projects. None of the angles on the cuts are straight. Some cuts overlap. And they pick the worst spot on the card to add the material. I hate it all. So that one was a little more detailed. Another person just simply asked, You paid for this? My favorite response said, This looks like it was handmade by the Rip Gods. Uh, Someone else wrote, Oh my God. And... Then on top of it all, someone proclaimed, I hope you bought it to burn it and remove it from existence. Now, like I said, I fully expected to get this sort of response, and kudos to you. You guys came through. I got a lot of good laughs out of the whole thing. So even though I'm going to talk about this card today, I want to make it very clear. It's not out of a need to defend the purchase or anything like that. If I'm buying something, there's a rationale behind it. And it's not and it never has been for other people's approval. So with that being said, I want to take you through my thought process behind the purchase, right? Why would I buy something so hideous? Because I think it might encourage you to think a little differently about other cards you might come across in the future as well. Not necessarily Jersey Fusion. It could be a number of things. Now, this one was Jersey Fusion though, so I want to give you a little background about them before I get too far in. This is a product or line of products put out by the website SportsCards.com. And they've bought a number of different game-worn jerseys from some of the bigger auction houses. They've cut them up, and they've inserted them into custom holders with previously existing cards of the same player. And as someone mentioned in the social media comments I read earlier, unfortunately, a lot of them look like, quote, bad craft projects. Um, I will say, though, I think the 2022 version has done a better job of, of framing some of the pieces, In fact, i purchased a few over the last couple months, but some of them still look pretty bad. The thing that attracts me to this product the most, though, is the fact that they show all the source material on their website, and each card of theirs has a QR code on the back of the holder that takes you to that site. So if the jersey's been photo matched, they show that. If it came with any sort of letter of authenticity from the auction house, they show that. So you can determine if you think the source material is good or not, because a lot of the jerseys are presented to auction houses as game-worn, when in all reality, the, the provenance is questionable. And this is an issue we've run into with the other card manufacturers as well. Now, the Allen Iverson logoman patch that I bought is from a 2009-2010 shooting shirt that he wore in his final stint with the 76ers. And I know there are a lot of people that don't like calling a shooting shirt game-worn But as I've discussed previously, this is really common with basketball card manufacturers. So at least Jersey Fusion tells us what it's from on the back of the holder. All right. So in this case, I've talked all about the swatch on the front of the card, but I haven't said anything about the actual card it's built around. And that played a huge part in this purchase for me as well. A lot of the Jersey Fusion products use uh, like Prism Base cards or low-end prison Parallels, or for the 90s guys, I see a lot of FLIR Metal base cards. Some of the 101s, though, have a lot better stuff. For example, uh, there's a Kobe Bryant 101 on eBay that um, has four premium Relic pieces on top of a 97-98 Metal Universe Titanium insert, and those Titanium inserts were one in every uh, 72 Hobby Packs back in the day, so not necessarily easy to come by, And this Allen Iverson, though, features a 97-98 Skybox EX2001 Jambalaya, which is insane because those were one in every 720 packs, so 10 times as rare as the Titanium. The only problem is this particular iteration was never pulled from a pack. It is, uh, I guess, what you would call an uncut version, meaning it's not rounded off like the regular card card. And it doesn't have the gold foil on the front either. And someone on my Instagram comments said that's a fake version. That's not technically the case, uh, even though I, you know, maybe that's where they were getting at it, it. But it's a little more nuanced than that. A fake or a counterfeit involves someone printing or manufacturing one from scratch. And that's a distinction we've had in the hobby for a long time now. This came from an uncut sheet that was originally manufactured by Fleer. Now, some of you might be thinking. How did someone get a hold of something like that in the first place? And we've seen a few of these come up for sale over the last decade for this particular set. Uh, I think I know of at least three sheets that came to market. And two of them were a lot more concerning, though, because they had the gold foil on them. And there was an individual out there, unfortunately, that developed quite a reputation for making sheet cut versions from those. His name is all over the message board, so feel free to go down that rabbit hole if you'd like. Uh, But the fact of the matter is just, you know, trading card sheets in general just get out from time to time. We even saw a sheet of Prism Silvers that got out in the last year or two, which I don't see a lot of that stuff from Panini right now. But who knows? It could be an employee. It could be that the company didn't dispose of them properly. Maybe someone went dumpster diving. You know, we don't know. In the case of the FLIR stuff, though, a lot of that was sold off in the bankruptcy auction from 2005. In fact, you can go back and look through the PDF of everything offered at that in-person auction. There are a lot of uncut sheets listed. Unfortunately, they didn't specify which ones, but just know that there were a lot, and we've seen quite a few of them surface over the years. So this card likely came from something like that. But, you know, seeing as pack-pulled versions are so hard to come by, there are people that have willingly purchased these as placeholders in their PC instead. And I can't find a comp for the Iverson, but a Raw Rodman sold for $500 back in 2021. A BGS Lab Shack sold for $1,300 around the same time. And then I believe there's a Jordan that's up for sale right now, but they're asking like $13,000. So that one's not going anywhere. Um, That's not to say the Iverson is exactly the same as any of those But all of those were, you know, this similar style where it's not a die cut, it's missing the foil, and I think it shows that there is some demand nonetheless. Now, from the moment I saw this whole, you know, atrocity at the show in front of me, the wheels have been turning in my head. Because I think the card that Jersey Fusion purchased for use in this product is worth more than I paid. And then I think the Logo Man material is substantial in some way as well, at least to me it is, because I, you know, collect game-worn patches, so even though this thing is hideous, I view it more as a sum of its parts, and as I see it, that leaves me with a few different options. Number one, I could just keep it as it is, um, even though it's hideous, because I don't have a nice Iverson patch, so I could just keep it, right? Number two, I could probably sell it as is, and I figure I'd do pretty well, I saw a previous sale of the same exact card for uh, $350, so I don't know what all happened between then and now. I don't know how it got to this dealer in Florida, but anyway, the card has moved hands previously. Or number three, the most fun version of all the options, in my opinion, there's a part of me that wants to take the seal off and take all the pieces apart, provided it's built in a way that I can do that. So, Uh, Before I just rush in and do that, I I was, you know, thinking about going on eBay to purchase the absolute cheapest Jersey Fusion card I could find for a test run, you know, tear one up. That's not worth anything. Um, When, you know, I realized, hey, that's not even necessary because someone's probably already done that on YouTube instead. We live in a great era where there's a lot of curious people out there, a lot of information out there, and people are willing to share. Um, I found that exact style of video On the channel of uh, a collector named Michael Ham who ironically enough is a a Florida native and he's at this Florida card show and he was there and he was browsing at the same table when I bought it so he literally held this right after I bought it uh, and we didn't even talk about this video so I didn't know it exists but this video had some really important information for me because it showed that the whole thing was built in layers you simply break the seal off the magnetic And take the you know the top plate off the top layer is just a thin piece of acetate with the relic attached to it and then on the back of the card is another thin layer that tells you about the source material neither one of those is actually adhered to the card so in theory you could put another card in there if you felt like it or in my case I could take the card out of there if I felt it was more valuable that way now I have not taken anything apart yet. I don't want to rush into anything. But here's my thinking. I'm in this thing for 100 bucks. I could take this apart and sell the uncut Iverson card that's missing the foil. Obviously, all that will be disclosed, which is obvious if you look at the card anyway. If all indications are correct, that would leave me with a decent amount of profit and the Logo Man patch still. I could then take some of those profits and pay one of the custom card makers to make me a really cool Iverson Logo Man card for my PC. And I'm you know, i kind of envisioning it in my head right now. The front, I would say, absolutely has to have the Ty step stepover image, and then that Logo Man piece with some nice foil. Uh, I've made customs before, but I'm not able to do the foil, so I'd have to have somebody else do this. The back would have either the QR code that goes to the Jersey Fusion landing page, or even just a picture of the game-worn shooting shirt itself. Kind of like the old Donruss baseball and football relics um, that they had in the early to mid-2000s. And in best case scenario, I think I'd still have some money left over after that. So I'd have some profit and a free Logo Man card. Now, it all sounds really good to me in theory. I realize, though, if I go this route, uh, there's going to be a lot of work involved. But it sounds doable. So now that I've gone through all the options... I'm curious to hear from you guys. Let me know. What do you think? What should I do in this situation? What should I do with this hideous card that I purchased? All right. Well, there you have it. Like I said there, I'd love to hear what you guys think I should do with this card. I know some people have reached out on YouTube already and given some input. Maybe there was something today I talked about that resonated with you. Feel free to reach out to me on social media. You can find me on Instagram under at Wax Museum Podcast or Twitter under the handle at Wax Museum PC. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Hit up the website for my affiliate links, tag Taco Bell, and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast.